Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is entitled Submission. My text is taken from Ephesians 5. My read is from verse 21 to 31. And I read, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saver. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In this same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their own body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is... Amen. Um, verse 32, this is a powerful mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. So, children of God, I'm not sure what was happening down there with the brethren at Ephesus, but it appears they had all sorts of issues. Marriage issues, they had issues with submissions, they had issues with sexual immoralities, different kinds of impurity issues, and they had issues with greed. These are sensitive matters, so a minister of God must use all assistance he can from the Holy Spirit before he or she attempts to teach, admonish, or exhort on this subject. By the way, I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. So, I ask the Spirit of Grace to help me to unpack what I feel Apostle Paul was saying to the church. And this forms part one of my teaching on submission. Firstly, I must say how I admire the way the Holy Spirit uses Apostle Paul to counsel this delicate matter. This admonition is also interesting as the matter concerns children of God who professed a Christian faith, a Christian walk in Jesus Christ, who professed a Christian faith who 
you would think would know better. I noted a couple of things in Apostle Paul's epistle. And the first thing I noted was Apostle Paul's approach that he uses to handle the matter that he confronts. Apostle Paul did not slant the brethren in a head-on collision approach or barrages of embarrassment to disgrace any member of the congregation at Ephesus. No, he opened his greetings with a deluge of overwhelming love and a warm display of affections to the brethren. Love was displayed in, 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 in full, even in the tone that he uses to speak to the brethren. So it appears there were conducts of immoral undertones in the church with the members. But listen to the choice words that the Holy Spirit chooses to address the matter through Apostle Paul. Verse 1, he said, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. He went on to say in verse 3, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. He went on to say in verse 4, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place but rather thanksgiving, for of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Wow! Children of God, did you hear the voice of the Spirit of Grace? Are you still listening out there, children of God? No, no backlash could be inevitable when counsel of such is presented to the church in this matter. And so that, that is easy that, to lead me to the teaching on submission. Why? It appears... Submission was one of the busybodies in the church at Ephesus. Submission was out of control and widespread and on a rampage within the church. Listen to the counsel of the Holy Ghost through Apostle Paul in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I like this statement, reverence for Christ, because reverence for Christ was the reason why the brethren had gathered together to worship at the church in the first place. And the second reason why I like reverence for Christ is because Apostle Paul did not say submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus or reverence to Jesus. No, he said Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why? Because Christ is the power that made everyone and everything 
and every living thing and, ev and dead things to submit and bow to the Lordship of Jesus. Christ is the burden removing, as I always say, yoke destroying power of God. Why? Because Christ is a resurrection power that raises Jesus Christ from the dead. Christ made Jesus the head of all things in heaven, on the earth, underneath the earth, and in the age to come. It was the resurrection power of Christ that took away the keys of hell, death, and the grave. And asked death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? It was the resurrection power of Christ that declares whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on the earth shall be loose in heaven. It was the that was the resurrection power. It was the, the resurrection power that burst through the, the cloud and a voice were heard. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So Apostle Paul called upon the wives of the house first to submit. Do you notice, children of God, how Apostle Paul did not say, ladies, submit? No, he called on wives first to submit. Why? The wife is symbolic to an, a mother. The wife is symbolic to the mother of the church. And Christ is married to the church. Wives and ladies, I want you to hear this loud and, and abundantly clear. I know some of you have big issues with submission. And you're not submissive. No one can ever talk to you to say, submit. Because you won't. You won't submit. You hate that word. Submission and submissive. But I want to let you know that this call of submission, this call for submission, this call of submission that Apostle Paul is requesting you and I, is a godly submission to your Papa God or our Papa God. This call of submission is different to what you're thinking. This call of submission is different to what you are and what the world teaches, what psychology teaches, or what you learn in school, or probably what you learn at home. No man can tell me this. No man can do that to me. This is not what Apostle Paul was calling for, or, or, or this, request is a, this, this request is a call for a godly submission to your Papa God first. This submission is a call for the individual to come together for fellowship and worship with their Papa God. It is a submission calling of reverence, dedication, concentration, commitment, focus, and devotion with Papa God. Why? So you in turn can teach submission to the younger women. He said, let the older women teach the younger women. And the older is nothing to do with age here, child of God. Older woman is old as in experience. She is experienced in this area. 
she, she is devoted to this area. She is concentration, so it's old, older woman as in experience, devotion, concentration, obligation, dedication, and commitment. Old as in maturity. She's mature in keeping the faith and judgment with her Papa God. And I have a scripture, Titus chapter 2, where Apostle Paul was talking again in Titus to the church in Titus, where he said, Likewise, teach the older teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husband so that no one will malign the word of God. So the request for submission was a calling to submit to the Lord first so no one will malign the word of God. Yes? So we're going back to verse 22 of Ephesians. He, he, he said, Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. You hear that? child of God. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. Yes? So that means that that submission um, comes first to the Lord. When you submit yourself to Papa God as you do to the Lord. Wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. So, submission when you submit yourself to Papa God, as you do to the Lord, submission to your husbands will become easy. Easy peasy. Why? God will give you the counsel in the way and the treatment you give to your husband. So you, you won't have to say, um, um, God call him to ministry and not me. No. God calls the both of you to ministry. Calls the both of you to the marriage, regardless of profession or background, God calls the both of you to the marriage, to ministry. God is married to the both of you. And, and, and hear this, Papa God will teach you, the woman of God, all you need to know about the man of God, being the head, but you are the neck. And I say that again, the man of God, the head, but you are his neck. Nothing will happen in his ministry or his marriage if you don't turn your neck. That's how powerful you are. Nothing will happen in his ministry, child of God, or the marriage if you don't turn your neck. God will give you counsel on how you must care, support, respect, revere. Your husband. Why? Your husband is a picture of God. Watch this. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife. As Christ is the head of the, ch the church. And don't. Make sure you don't um, get it out of context. He's not talking about head as in turning you into a little slave. No, 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 no. He's not talking 
that at all. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. In other words, revere is the part that he sees first in Christ Jesus. This is your husband. And his family sees Papa God who lives on the inside of him. So what will he look like, Pastor Sandra? Well, his wife will see a godly man of God. She will see the husband and man of God that takes his role as head of his household seriously. She will see a man of God that takes hold of his errands, his domestic chores, his responsibilities and care duties very seriously. Why? He is accountable to God first. If anything should happen to you, he's accountable to God. He's got to deal with God, Papa God first, before he will come to deal with you. This I'm talking about the man of God. A man of God. This man of God does his role diligently. He's full of substance. He's full of love. He does his things conscientiously, willingly, meticulously, with dignity to please Papa God. His endeavor is to please Papa God before he pleases his wife. Yes, that's his endeavor. Pleases Papa God first. Because if he ever, ever, ever cause anything to happen to his family, then he's got God to deal with. And God's not joking. Papa God's not joking. So, um, his endeavor is to please his God, please God first. Then his family. Then his ministry, the church. So ministry, the church comes, comes third. Yes? Yes. The ministry, his church comes third. So God first, his family second. And his ministry, the church, comes third, comes third. What am I saying, children of God? This man of God has to account to God before he offer any treatment to his wife, any treatment to his family, and any treatment to his ministry, the church. And the same principle and application applies to all disciplines, all children of God, even if you're not a minister. Even if the child of God is not proper to the ministry, the same principle, the same application applies to you and to any profession. Same principle, same application applies to you. Verse 25, the spirit of grace speaking, husband, Love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husband ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their own body, 
just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. So children of God, I'm going to finish here because it's a lot. And I'm sure you might have a lot of questions. But I'm going to try and deal with it as the spirit gives me the utterance to deal with it. And um, I'll come back to you with part two next week. So, Papa God, thank you for this wonderful privilege that you have afforded me to teach on this delicate matter. Um, grant me the grace to unpack this so the children of God can hear your voice, not me, but your voice. And make applications to their lives, to their situation, to their circumstances. As they see it fit in the name of Jesus. Bless them, Papa. Bless every marriage. Bless every marriage tremendously. Protect every marriage from the wiles of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let there be peace and joy and happiness. Let your love flow through that marriage. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. So children of God, as I've always said, to pass your this teaching to your friends, to your contacts, to your relatives, to your workers, to your neighbors, to anyone you can and God will bless you because what you're doing is propagating the gospel and the Bible said he that winneth a soul is wife so God bless you until I come back with part two next week to you be blessed Pastor Sandra checking out <laughs>